Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Confluence and Connections podcast brought to you by Elevation Outdoors. My name's Ryan Michelle Scavo, but you might know me as Ryan Outside. Join me on this podcast as I talk to outdoor industry professionals, small business owners, athletes, up-and-comers, passionate adventurers, and a little bit of everything in between. On this long-awaited episode, I get to hang out with Al Perkinson of Bahio Sunglasses. Al's been in the industry for a long time, so he brings his knowledge of sunglasses and stellar technology and pairs it with his passion for conservation to release Bahio. All right, y'all, let's check it out. All right, here we go. So welcome to the Confluence and Connections podcast for Elevation Outdoors. Ryan Scavo here, and I have Al on the line. Al, good afternoon. Can you uh, can you do us a favor and introduce yourself? Yeah, how you doing, Ryan? I'm Al Perkinson, and I'm the president and uh, founder of Bahio Sunglasses. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, so um, I, I recently had the chance to, to check out some of your shades and I've really been enjoying them. And so when there was an opportunity to hang out with you for a little bit, I'm like, well, heck yes, let's let's hang out and talk sunglasses and initiatives. And um, where where are you located? We're in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. So just awesome. south of Daytona and okay. uh, great little town on the Indian River, big surf town, big fishing town pretty chill, although we're kind of getting discovered. So the traffic's increasing a little bit, but it's still a pretty cool little spot. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. You know, I'm in Southern Colorado and our town used to be sleepy and whew, it's not so sleepy anymore. <laughs> yeah, everybody so, yeah. wants to live where they vacation now, I think. So. Right? Yeah. I, and I don't blame them. That's what I did. Yeah, you know? long it's time good. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, you know, there's there's a lot of sunglass companies out there and Bahio is all about shades, right? Um, so kind of what inspired you to launch it and what's in the name? What does the name mean? Well, you know, I had worked in the sunglass business for, you know, 15, 20 years and done a bunch of cool stuff uh, with, with another brand. And uh, so we, um, you know, got out of it for a few years. And, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I just wanted to, we, we sort of had a mission going, um, and, and the place I worked before and, you know, we're having, having a great time doing a lot of great things. And then, you know, they were bought by a huge international company that kind of wasn't into the same vibe that we were into. And, uh, so we kind of wanted to get back in that vibe and, and, do the things that we love and, and, uh, really get back on the mission. And, you know, we, so in the middle of, right before COVID started, we decided that we would just go ahead and start our own sunglass brand. And that's what we did. <laughs> and it's been a hell of a year. It's been, no it's been super fun. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. I didn't realize it was just before COVID started that you were like, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Man, so, how, how, how was that in the context of like, we're starting something new and the supply chain is crazy right now. You know, what kind of, and I, I don't know if you want to get into the challenges and successes yet, but maybe, <laughs> what do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, I don't know, I guess sometimes it's good that you don't know how challenging something might be before you got started or you might not ever start. Right. But you know, the, there were a lot of challenges because most 
of, even though we manufacture here in our own facility, uh, we get parts from all over the world. And so our supply chain is literally almost on every continent. And the, you know, a lot of these folks were people we'd known before. And a lot of the people we brought into the company knew some of these folks and had good relationships with them. Um, but we decided that, you know, we're, we were a little bit late getting started because of COVID. And so our, our timetable was shortened to like, you know, a third of what it normally is. So we're dealing with factories all over the world. Half of them are closed, you know, open, closed, open, closed because of COVID. And we're a brand new startup that, you know, they had never heard of, although they did know some of us. And, uh, and you know, we, we said, hey, we got we to gotta launch in the spring. And I don't know, everybody just kind of pulled together, man, and um, was super supportive. I think they saw the opportunity in the market like we did and really wanted to work with a small privately held brand again. And so they were, I don't know, they were working nights and weekends. And, you know, our product development guys were like, I've never seen these guys work like this. This is crazy. Um, But it was, it's kind of been that way across the board. Everybody... Maybe they needed a distraction from COVID or something positive to think about, you know, during all the craziness. But everybody just kind of jumped in and it was, I don't know, made us feel really good and just made us work even harder on our end, I guess, you know, but. I, like I said, there's there's a lot of different brands out there and, and to hear you have over a decade or more of, of experience with sunglasses, like I guess in developing and, and creating these, I think they're important. I've been wearing sunglasses, God, since I was, I remember being like a kid and being like, dad, (laughs) these are way cool. I need a pair of shades. And my big brother always had the cool nineties shades. Anyway, like what do you feel kind of sets you apart or what are some unique features? I think you have like a dozen models on your site right now, but, and you have glass versus uh, plastic. Um, So that, that idea, but what do you think really defines you guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, shades are so much fun because they, they're they like transformative. When you put on sunglasses, all of a sudden you're like a rock star or a movie star right. or just somebody, a, a secret spy, whatever. But they have this ability, maybe it's because they hide your eyes or something, but um, they just transform you into whatever it is you want to be. And it's so funny to watch people try on sunglasses because they never do it by themselves. They always do it with a friend and they put them on and then they turn to their friend and they're like, what do you think? You know, <laughs> I, I've never filmed it, but it would be awesome. Like store theater just to watch that happen, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but anyway, getting back to your, to your question, the in performance sunglasses, which is really sort of the arena that we're in, uh, the lens is so incredibly important. And so our lens technology that we've developed, just it's not really, I wouldn't necessarily call it technology, but it's just a process, a way of making our lenses uh, that has turned out honestly way better than we thought it would. And it's way different than what anybody else is doing. So that is setting us apart. I mean, when people put these glasses on, and I thought like every lens had been invented, right? And originally that that wasn't how we were going to differentiate, but people put them on and they say, wow, they're so clear. 
And the reason they are is because we focused on blue light reduction. So we've, we decrease blue light uh, on the light spectrum, you know, more than any other brand by pretty big margin. Oh, wow. And so what that does is eliminates haze, that haziness, like around a blue light bulb, mm-hmm. it gets rid of that. And so everything gets really clear. Um, there's all the other stuff on the lens, you know, polarization and, you know, yellow light reduction and all those things. But the blue light is really different. It's what sets us apart. Um, and then the frames, you know, being sustainably made from plant-based materials, sustainability, huge for us. I mean, that's just something that from the beginning, you know, we're carbon neutral from inception. We're just sort of laid down the gauntlet to all my team that if it's not sustainably built, we're not bringing it in here. Okay. So everything from our plastic bags that for t-shirts, ours are paper and they are pain in the butt, honestly, to stuff t-shirts and paper bags in the factory. No, we're not going to do that for you. So our team together sits here and stuffs t-shirts in uh, paper bags. But, um, you know, we're just doing what we have to do to be sustainable. We think that's really important. Um, And, you know, not necessarily to differentiate or or market it, but just because low impact, um, you know, is something that's critical really to our future. Uh, And then, you know, we're just, we're in business to execute a mission around uh, the oceans and helping the oceans, especially the flats, which Mm -hmm. uh, is the part that we most, most of us know is paradise. So we're trying to save paradise for everybody. Uh, But that's the part of the ocean that we love the most. It's critically important to the future of the ocean because it's the estuary. It's where all the young are born and bred before they go out to sea. And uh, so that's the part that if we don't protect it, you know, the future of the ocean's sort of in peril. Um, So those are kind of the three biggies. Uh, And then, you know, we're just really focusing on the next generation, the 20 something year old crowd, Gen Z, Gen Y, and trying to see things through their eyes and craft what we're doing uh, is direct, you know, towards them. So, the other brands, there's not really been a major brand introduced in the last 40 years, believe it or not. And so we think it's time, you know, for a new one for that next generation. So that's kind of the voice that that we're putting out there. So, you know, those are a few of the things that make us make us a little different. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, the conversation between, so I should start with, you hear of a new brand, you get excited for, for, new, for me, for like this gearhead, chick that I am, right? Like I get pretty excited for, oh, new technology or a new perspective or a, a little more forethought. You know, you said going into it carbon neutral. That's incredible. I mean, that's, there's, there's companies that either can't or choose to wait. So that's awesome. That's, I mean, if, and I, we spoke with Hillary Hutchison on, on the um, podcast of, uh, last month, and she was talking about carbon neutrality and what it is and what it means to the water community, right? And the outdoor industry as a whole, really. So that's awesome um, that you guys did that from the get-go. And it's it's interesting because, you know, what you have to do is buy offsets. You try to work with this, develop a supply chain that is carbon neutral in itself. But usually you're not able to do that 100%. And so you have to buy offsets and there's a lot of different types of offsets that you can buy, 
but we found like the coolest offset for our brand and that is planting mangroves. So we offset that, yeah. our carbon by people who are planting mangroves, which totally feeds into our whole mission of the flats. Um, yeah. So it all fits together perfectly, which is super cool. Yeah, they're like Call it kind of falls in place. Expensive. Yeah, they're like three times more expensive. So I hope we can keep it up as we grow. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, for no. now it's perfect. Right, you have a sustainability component and a mission and you care about the places where people like me, people like those listening to this podcast are gonna go out and use your sunglasses, right? And so um, can you tell us a little bit about your Odyssey initiative, Odyssey project? You, you mentioned the flats, but kind of go down that route a little bit for us. Yeah, sure. So we, um, you know, as I mentioned, our, our mission is to really help the saltwater flats. And there's not a ton of saltwater flats in the United States. You know, you have the Keys and, you know, some parts of Florida. I think you can kind of stretch the definition a little bit to the shallows. And so you can look at the marshlands of Louisiana or Charleston and those types of places as well. But where you find most of the flats are in other countries. And the Caribbean is where folks who love to saltwater fly fish, that's where in the United States, that's where we go the most. Uh, so that's where we're gonna start, we've started with our ocean conservation, our saltwater flats conservation. So we've pulled together this this crew and we've got, it, it seems like it grows um, almost daily, but we've got, we've got four um, anglers, everybody's an angler, but they're also something else. So Jesse owns X Flats Lodge down in Ishkalak and oh, yeah. self-made, did everything himself, you know, skateboarder, Colorado fly fishing guide. And he just started this lodge all on his own uh, because, you know, he just sort of, you know, he tells the story like I was, wasn't any good in school. So I thought I was, you know, not very smart. But then I found out when I got into this that I'm as smart as I need to be to get shit done. And so anyway, Jesse is, you know, he's also a great musician. He's got a band in Colorado that he plays with and uh, just super, super cool guy. Then we have Elon and Elon uh, is loves to fly fish. He's also a wildlife biologist in Colorado and a stand-up comedian. So he, uh, <laughs> so... That's a great team member. <laughs> That's a great team member, man. He's 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 hilarious, but he's not like a life of the party kind of dude. He's like super insightful, hilarious, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we love love Elon. And then we have Piper on our team, and Piper is a senior in college in Oregon State, I believe, and uh, a fisheries biologist. So she's up in Alaska over the summer. She got this really cool uh, grant um, through this. This group is super competitive. She's really smart. Um, and she's also an artist. And so she's Piper Nun Art is her business. And so she's supporting herself just off of her, her art. So she does, you know, connects with uh, with the local kids a lot on art. And then Heather Harkby is on her team. And she has Fish for Change, which does camps for high school kids all over. Um, so anyway, as, as we go in, they're sort of our crew that we're taking. And then we have uh, scientists and uh, folks from BTT, the folks from the University of uh, Alabama. We have another friend who's at University of Massachusetts. And as we come through, you know, they help guide us where to go, but they also 
come through and we fund uh, conservation work and, and basic science that will help mm-hmm. lay the foundation for protecting the flats uh, as we go as we go forward. Um, so really, we try to do a couple things. One is bring science, you know, to the fight. BTT slogan is a great slogan, and and then also connect with the local community in all of these places. If you really want to protect the flats, you've got to engage with the local community, and so we want to tell their stories and really, you know, there's a lot of, you know, not to get too, too into it, but there's a lot of like still colonialism around and people expect the place when you, when you travel somewhere, they expect those people to like be their servants almost, you know, and take care of them and, and like work for them where, you know, and they don't really take the time to understand these are real people with real lives and kids and facing all the same issues that we face. And they've kind of gotten the short end of the stick in a lot of situations over the years. So we want to mm-hmm. tell their stories. We want to bring bring them to light. And then just the overall like ecological problems that these folks face, how can we rally young people to come in and help? You know, whether it's planting mangroves or picking up ocean trash or helping with coral reefs or whatever. Uh, so we kind of roll through these places. We did Ishkalak first, then we did Guanaja. We're getting ready to go to Cuba. Uh, then I think we'll do the Bahamas, and then we'll take take it to multiple ocean basins around the world. And the plan is to go to Africa, and go to Asia, and some of these other places over the next few years. Um, and then build this kind of base of knowledge and this record of the saltwater flats in the world. Nobody's ever like pulled together a book of here's all the saltwater flats in the world. So we want to try to help at least start that book and pull all that together. So it's kind of big, kind of ambitious, kind of crazy. Um, who knows where it's all going to end up, but uh, we're diving in and, you know, trying to do something. So heck yes. Yeah. That's, that's, cool. that's amazing. So are you guys collecting like information on species and salinity and like, is it just all the scientific based information? And if so, can other researchers and the general public engage in that? Yeah, absolutely. So the the thing that we're starting with is called GIS mapping. And so mm-hmm. so the scientists that we're working with are kind of experts in GIS mapping. So they there are these satellites floating around up there who are taking pictures of the earth and they they're so high up they can't they can shoot through the water, believe it or not, to a certain extent, but not super well. So you have to do what's called ground truthing. So they have these big satellites and then you go on the ground to say, okay, this looked like seagrass, but it's really algae or it looked like, and so they, they map what's actually underneath the water in each of these places. And then it can also tell, um, once they know what it is, they can track it and see how it's doing over time. So it becomes like this baseline. If we go in and do all this additional work on top of that, did that improve? Did it still decline? what happens. So it becomes like this, we call it treasure mapping. We're mapping our treasures. And, yeah. and so to have that map is something that doesn't exist right now. There are little bits and pieces, but a comprehensive map doesn't exist. And then when we're on our trips, like in Gunaha, you know, Elon and Piper were out there taking pictures of these places, these flats, and then your phone has like a GPS coordinates. 
and it can tie into the satellite and tell the satellite, this is what this place looks like. So there's all these little shots that they have taken so, so they can participate. And then other people, if they, you know, I hope at some point we'll have the local uh, young people coming and helping on the groundwork as well. That's awesome. That's uh, to me to see a, a company doing amazing things in a in a brand that people can connect with on so many different levels. That's that's what gets me really stoked about where we're going as an industry and as people and as you know a culture. It's it's exciting to me. Cool. So I, I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, I guess my next question would be what's what's next? What's next for Bahia? What's next for Odyssey? What's next for all of you? Well, I mean, we're only three months old, so, um, <laughs> you know, we're just getting our legs under us and, uh, you know, it, it, um, it feels like we're picking up where we left off to a certain degree. Uh, so it feels very familiar and very comfortable, but we still got a lot of stuff to figure out. We still have to get things tuned up. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's tons of work to do just, I, I would say over the next year to get you know, our website and our social media and all those tools, you know, sort of up to the standards that we want. You know, we came out of the gate best we could, but now it's time to take it to the next level and and start reaching out and building the tribe. That's when it gets super fun and super exciting when you've got this crew who's like, yeah, we're on board, man. Let's do it. Let's get stuff. And then, man, it gets it gets to be so much fun. It gets yeah. so much fun. Al, it's awesome hanging out with you. Um, but we're going to wrap it up. And I was wondering, can you tell folks where they can find out more or pick up a pair of shades? Well, we're we're at over 300 retailers already. Uh, you know, Florida is like where most of the retailers are, but then it spreads out from there. So we're in, we have retailers in all 50 states at this point. And then theheosunglasses.com. It has all our stuff as well, and um, you can get them there. Get them there also. Awesome. Any other closing thoughts for today? Um. Hmm. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. <laughs> I think we just leave it open. About that's that? fair. I like that. <laughs> I keep the door open. Cool, Al. I really appreciate your time, man. I just I just want to thank you for for taking a little bit of your time to to hang out with me today. Oh, thank you. Super nice to have us on, and uh, we really appreciate it. It's great meeting you. Yeah, you too. Awesome. That's a wrap for this episode of Confluence and Connections brought to you by Elevation Outdoors and ElevationOutdoors.com. I want to give another shout out and big thanks to Al for hanging out with me. I am so excited for what Bikio is doing. I think you all should be pretty excited about it too. They're doing some really amazing things. To find out about those really amazing things, check out at Bahio Sunglasses on the old IG or hit up BahioSunglasses.com for their website. I'm Ryan Scavo. You can find me on Instagram at Rye Outside. Stay tuned for our next episode. And until then, keep seeking those connections where the confluence flows. Thanks for listening.